Polyamona Podcast is a collection of stories, opinions, and perspectives about polyamory and the polyamorous lifestyle. I'm Britt Vosicek. I'm the host of Polywana Podcast. I'm not a professional counselor, nor am I a professional polyamorous person. The voices you hear, including the host, offer their subjective interpretations and don't intend to convince you or shame you. We're just letting you into our vulnerable and complicated little worlds, brought to you by the Mockingbird Network. Welcome to Polly Wanna Podcast. Oh, it's been so long since I've recorded. It's like so good to be next to a microphone right now. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to um, the Mockingbird Network for taking care of us and producing the show. Thank you to Jay Walker Coaching for being one of our sponsors. And thank you to the Houston Polyamorous Organization um, for always taking super good care of us. Go to HoustonPoly.org to check out some shit that I wrote and some shit that other people wrote. Uh, and there's some cool pride stuff going on. Maybe I'll make a special commercial for that because I know that's going to be rad. Um, and Polly Wanna Podcast Live is going to start up um, every first Thursday. So if you guys want to check that out, it'll be at the secret group at 8 p.m. Yeah, that's kind of badass. Start in June 1st. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's I'm awesome. really excited for that. So I'm going to introduce our guest today. I'm here with Spike Miller. Hi, Spike. Hey, what is up, Britt? <laughs> what is up, Britt? He's really hey. excited to be here. And Mr. Zach. <laughs> hey, what's going on, Britt and Spike? Uh, how you doing, doing, Zach? You're not, you're not out of this, too. <laughs> together. Hey, hey, hey. We're uh, all here. Yeah, we're all crowded into the to the Mockingbird studio. It's a lot of fun. I love being in here. Um, we've been I've been recording the last few episodes that we've done have been Poly One Hundred One episodes. So we've been in the Jay Walker closet. Ah, uh, yeah. Because it's just me and him, and you know the scheduling gets all weird. And so we're like, okay, let's just record in the closet. And so we're all like in between these clothes. <laughs> and now I'm here in this spacious studio, and it feels so nice. Yeah. Out of the closet. That's that's a Out good of the closet. Poly thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Some refreshments. People, and some people stay, are still in there, you know. So that's cool, you know. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, no. <laughs> Good joke. The Mockingbird Studio. We've got refreshments and cats? cat decorations. It is. And, it is and, cats. And There's like, a fox yeah. over there. It's like my poly life. It's cats. There's <laughs> Can I ring a bell and have somebody bring me a glass of whiskey or something? I'll tell you. <laughs> I wish it's how it works. It's like the help. Uh, wait. I, uh, yeah, maybe we'll need I another sponsor for that. <laughs> yeah, let's get a let's get a um a like a sex slave. I'm here for it. Sponsor. <laughs> what are the maids? Isn't there a thing where you can like? No, I want that. I want. I want the thing from um from Pulp Fiction. You got to have all all spandex. The gimp? Just, yes, I want oh, the gimp. Geez. I want the gimp bringing us coffee. That was so cute because that's like a really kinky thing, oh, and you're man. just like the thing in spandex, and then the kink expert was like the gimp. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, hey, we're all learning. You guys aren't the only people learning out there in like podcast land. I'm learning too. I'm just like, hey, the thing number one. He's like, no, the gimp. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like that's not like something that him and Siri know. Like I didn't know that. That was cool though. I'm here for it. I love that I'm now the kink expert. I'm gonna add that to my resume. Yep. <laughs> Zach is looking for a job, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good yeah, luck. Yeah, like, no kidding. Fifty Shades of Grey. Of Grey is just black. I get it. I get it now. I get it. I get it. That's funny. That's funny. I should write that down. <laughs> today, today we're actually not talking about kink. Okay. <laughs> we are going to have a kink episode at some point. Oh, that's so cool. Um, Call I was, me. Yeah. yeah, I was supposed to go to. I want to have you and the Acro Cats okay. on and do oh, like a big because the kink and the poly community kind of overlap. So if we had like a bunch yeah. of people yeah. in here, kind of just you know yeah. shooting the shit, we could have a few kink episodes. To be honest, um, but today we're talking about um, is it a white thing? Uh, whether or not polyamory is just for the white people. 
um, which is it's inspired by a few things, some internet drama that's been happening in the local community, um, but also this article I read on the internet talking about that show um, that the, I can't remember the name the of. Polyamory, Marion Dating, that yeah, one on Showtime uh-huh. with all the wealthy suburbanite, yeah. beautiful white people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah they'll figure that's that. what Hollywood did. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. I know, like Hollywood <laughs> would be any different. Yeah, um, yeah. And also when I went to do the Austin storytelling show mm-hmm. um, about non-monogamy, mm-hmm. there were a few, I mean, there was maybe one person that wasn't white mm-hmm. on the um, show. He's Hispanic. And so they asked him, like, you know, and they asked a few people. They asked me personally. Um, so everyone is really interested in that because most people on the show are white. And so it's those have just been, like, some things that are cooking. I'm hella white, and so I'm yeah. not yeah. – I don't – you know, people can ask me all day long, and I might be an authority on polyamory for myself, but I'm definitely not equipped to answer questions about <laughs> the whole <laughs> any other race. As a whole. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to ask you, I think first I kind of want to delve into um, what it's like uh, dating and being polyamorous as a black person, like more like on an individual one-on-one level, like mm-hmm. what that feels like um, for both of you. I think let's start with Spike. If uh, you're ready. No, if you're no, not no, no, ready, no, no. Okay. I, I mean, you know, I've been out the closet. It's cool. No, <laughs> on the poly. But okay. Me dating. <laughs> it's been weird because um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that people just aren't, educated to the the terminology mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying because i think we spoke about this last time i was on um on your show and my whole life i've been pretty much living the poly lifestyle now there's a difference between people who are genuinely poly versus people who are just saying hey they want to be able to be promiscuous and just do whatever outside. But a great example is if you talk to a lot of African-American males, it's like, I'm not saying if they feel this way, they all, it's a lot of them. If they don't, then it's, you know, whatever. But the ones that I've spoken to, it's like, yeah, I can do this with this girl, this girl, this girl. But if you talk to them, well, what about your girl being with somebody else? Oh, no, she better not do that. You know, that's not poly at all. Mm -hmm. Whereas I've always been the type of person to be like, look, leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. Like, literally, like Mm -hmm. you do you be safe. I'm going to do me. And that just means I'm going to do what I feel like doing people out there in Mm -hmm. podcast land. Um, So do you find so when you bring it up to partners or to potential partners, do you think? Like, what is the response like? The response is they've never even heard of it. Like, mm. in the, a lot of times when they think about it, they think of that old HBO show, Big Love, or they think of the Mormon community, or they they think of mm. polygamy. You see yeah. what I'm saying? They they think, oh, so you just want to have a million wives? You, you're Akon now. I'm like, no, I'm poor, bitch. What do you know? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not asking for all of this. I'm just. I'm, I'm. This is. This is who I am. Well, I've never heard of it. So now it's you give them a word that they could actually look up because that's what happened with me, with me and my partner. When we started dating, um, you know, my partner was talking to me, oh, you know, about about them being um, polyamorous. And I had no idea what it was, but I looked it up and I was like, oh, you know, just the idea of being in love with multiple people and everybody's consenting. And like, I, I that was always me. I just never knew that word existed. Mm-hmm. So now a lot of times when I go on dates or even before I date, I was like, okay, I'm polyamorous. I give them Google this. Google it. I'm like, see, <laughs> I, I, it's funny. 
women, because that's how my partner got to be. You should Google this. I'm telling you, there's a difference in how. Just never mind. Anyways, I can't really be like, well, bitch, Google it, and you. I'm like, no, this is what the word means. If you want to look it up more, then the, you know, mm. then you have the, the option. Send but them I a link to, to right. uh, my podcast. There you go. There you Polly go. Want a podcast? Absolutely. Yes, I'm, I'm here with plugging. You know, getting the information out and giving you a few hits because I love you, Britt. That's how we do it around here. <laughs> the poly community is very, very together. I'm with it. But no, that's that. So yeah, dating for me, it's it's a lot of trying to right the wrongs of society when it comes to the idea of polyamory first and foremost secondly when i say that word it's almost like a slur to some people oh you know Mm. it's crazy some people and i'm pretty sure um zach has even seen this i've met more girls who were more willing to go out on dates and or you know have that kind of relationship with me feeling like I was monogamous. Like, let's say I'm in a relationship. I've had mm. people, met people who were like, no, they would much rather be that secret thing versus... They know that they know. Right. Like, versus wow. versus me being in a situation where I'm dating someone who is perfectly okay with it. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Interesting. You'll have, like, cause if you even look at the music that a lot of times put out, people put out, it's like, you know, boyfriend number two, or you're my little secret. That's how we should keep it. You know, uh, me and Mrs. Jones, we got a love thing going on. It's always about being under the scene, you know, keep it on the down low. No one's supposed to know. That's our community is is not about being open with things. It's about, you know, keeping things behind closed doors. And as long as everybody is, you know, behind closed doors, that's fine. Like talking to my mom, my mom always makes fun of me because, you know, my mom's on my on my Facebook and I and I do a lot of poly videos or whatever. So she will even be like, oh, you still poly? Like, you know, she never knew what it was. She just called mm-hmm. it being nasty. Like that was her thing, you know, like. <laughs> Like, you know, so so now she's she's being introduced to it, and she's like, "No, that's not how people. I'm I'm old school. That's not how people do. You know, I was like, so what? You would much rather me cheat in my in my person I'm dating be okay with that? She's like, well, that's that's how it's been done. How it's been mm-hmm. done. When you just can't be open and be you know be out mm-hmm. there like that. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah, I do think that that is kind of interesting, and I've I've noticed that with dudes as well. Like they're they would be more okay with me cheating on my boyfriends. Mm-hmm. They like to them that seems more normal, uh, yeah. and I don't think it's like preferable, but it's just like to hear the antithesis of right. that is normal, and so it feels more familiar. Yeah. Um, what about you, Zach? What has it been like dating? Um, it's interesting what, what you guys are talking about because it fits in a lot with one of the things that I love to say is that non-monogamy polyamory isn't new. Mm-hmm. Right. The transparency about it is what's new. People actually talking about it. I mean, it, it's growing up, you know, and you could say whether or not I was in or not the black community. I am a black person. Community is more of a cultural thing. And mm. my parents were very much in the black community and kind of raised us in the suburbs. So I am, but I'm not. I'm kind of, it's not like a joke amongst some friends and family of mine, but the black men that I was raised around, we're very much non-monogamous, but it was always a thing, like Spike was saying, you know, you just have your things on the side mm. and whatnot, and that was the way it went. That's the way it always went. One of my favorite examples that I tell people is John F. Kennedy wasn't monogamous. He had a wife, but he was not monogamous, yeah. and the entire country knew it. So it's not a new phenomenon. Being honest about it and having them meet, you know, that old toast, you know, what to wives and girlfriends, may they never meet. 
Um, oh. <laughs> you know, that, oh. I mean, that's extremely old. That's hundreds of years old, you know. Wow. Right there is a definition of sort of non-monogamy. The idea is we're intentional about it and transparent about it. And right. so I may right. have two partners that know each other and are aware of it. That's the only thing that's really revolutionary here. Mm. None, of, none of the rest mm. of it is kind of different. So uh, as far as dating... Um, <laughs> I'm terrible at dating. I just, I'm bad about it because I'm horribly <laughs> shy. Um, and so I tend to either get really lucky and meet people that like me enough to approach me and ask me out. Or um, I end up dating somebody who's been a friend for a while and has known me and I guess has known me long enough to figure out I'm not going to be a serial killer mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, as far as being a black person um, that dates, you know, it's sort of what I am. I don't, wear it on my sleeve or think about it a lot um i sometimes i don't get defensive i get kind of caught off guard when people make it an issue of pointing out that i'm a person of color Mm. and not because that i have a problem with it it's just you know one i don't i don't like necessarily trying to feel like i have to represent a group of people i love my culture and i love being raised the way i am um but i very much kind of feel like i'm a unique person i can only represent myself I mean, Spike Man is what I'm talking about. We're in the black community, but there's parts of it that just don't identify with us. Oh, and, and, and I have been sometimes outcast horribly for things like, like I said, I grew up in the suburbs, you know, and you get treated horribly by black, uh, the black community if you're not in the hood with them. You know, one of my girlfriends grew up in the hood in Austin, and she's a lot more culturally black, for lack of a better term, than I am. It's kind of a joke that we have, but it's so the reality of it is. I am a black person. I always tell people I'm black enough um, whenever the police come get involved because, you know, mm. we all get pulled over. Two of us are going to get searched, you know, and that's the reality of it is I look like a black person for whatever, you know, uh, for what that's worth. But culturally, maybe not so much. And, uh, you know, and there's always this crazy term that I hear about not being black enough, which is a stupid insult that I'm not going to go into. But <laughs> as far as just dating. Um, I'm just me. I, I date the way I date, and like I said, for me, that's horrible because I'm just not good at it. I'm not. It's one of the things that actually got me um, sort of made fun of a lot around black men when I was younger is because, like Spike was saying, they were always going out and getting, it was always about how to be a player and the, the, the pimp lifestyle and talking to all these women and how you can just use your words, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if you've got 15 women on the side, whether they know or not. You're good because, you know, your skill set is such that you can convince women to do stuff and whatnot. And I don't. I'm just myself. I'm sort of, like I said, really kind of shy. And if they like me and they want to date me, cool. I am not a player. I am attentive and sensitive and caring when I'm in relationships, but I'm not some, you know, Casanova Lothario that's just, you know, smooth with the gold chains. I'm not Don Juan. You know, that's not what I do. Um, I'm just kind of myself and, and sort of, you know, my horribly introverted, I think sometimes interesting self. But so, yeah, so dating for me is sort of a, it's just a challenge, black or not. I mean, even if I weren't, it would be mm-hmm. sort of a, a, a thing. Now, the poly thing, in and out of the black community, I kind of have a thing where I refuse, not refuse, I don't like pollinating. I don't I don't like going out trying to find people who are monogamous and convincing them about this poly thing. Mm. Only because... Pollinating for, is a good word, yeah. a vocabulary word. Yeah. So to pollinate someone is to show them what polyamory is and introduce them to it, and then they like, you know, try it out. Kind of yeah. like what um, 
you know, in that situation where you're across the table at dinner, like, oh, I'm polyamorous. Sure, I'll try that. Right. That, yeah. that would be a pollination experience. I'm learning too, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pollinating, it, it's specifically to, you know, going about meeting people. And I'm not mad at it because there's people need to do that because poly is very, very small. And for people right. to understand, folks need to be taught and educated. I'd rather educate them by sending them to a book or a website than take them on a date and say, this is how it is to be poly. Do you want to try it? You know, right. again... I'm not good at dating. I'm just terrible at doing that. So I just lead with my polyamory and say, this is who, you know, who I am and what I am. If you're interested, fine. Um, but like I said, I tend to date people that know me and are very clear uh, with the fact that I'm poly or they're friends of mine or they approach me. And I'm so, I mean, I use it as a filter. If you at any time have any sort of issue with this, you know, um, this is probably not a good idea. Because I've been down that road where um, I told somebody who was monogamous, listen, I'm poly and we tried to date and they said they were okay with it. A year and a half later, they're not really okay with it. They were just hoping it was a phase I was going to grow out of. Oh, yes. And for me... of my life. Yeah. And so, like I said, for me, poly is my orientation. I'm not going to change being what I am. I don't think you can change being gay or kinky, for that matter, or or even, you know, hell, black. It's not like, you know, none of Black is, you know, I'm going to dress a certain way and start acting a certain way and stuff like that. I am a poly person, and this is, you know, who I am and what my makeup is. And so I lead with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, pollinating is a thing that some people do. Um, I'm, I, like I said, I don't date, so I'm not good at it. I tend to date within the community, which for me causes problems because the community <laughs> is so small. Yeah. And now because I've got a big mouth and can't stop myself, a lot of people in the community know me. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a book out on me out there somewhere. I'm sure there's a file and a scouting report and stuff. So, ah. I mean, my dating is either going to be, you know, find somebody else who is sort of outside the community, but understands that I am poly and is cool with it. Or, you know, good luck, Zach. <laughs> or maybe somebody new or something like that. So, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, dating for me is just a struggle. Dating as a black person is sort of, you know, whatever. It's, <laughs> it's on the list. of. <laughs> it, it's, just, it's just another thing. I mean, you know, I'm more worried about being too short or too fat. You know, the black thing doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's never been an issue for me. So. I've noticed poly is a huge deterrence. Mm-hmm. for people that I'm attempting to date. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really like that term. I use it as a filter. Absolutely. Because otherwise, like, I'd just be dating everyone all the time, yeah. you know? Right. It's like, oh, why can't you just be a monogamous? It's yeah. like, because if I were monogamous, I wouldn't be able to, you know? Yeah. Yeah, one of the things I say a lot um, is, it as poly people, we don't have a lot of time. I mean, everyone's got a job. Mm-hmm. We've got multiple partners. I've got a limited amount of space on my Google Calendar. And if I don't have time for you to figure out if you're okay with this poly thing in my life, this is here, you know, and so I just lead with it. And usually on before the first date, you need to understand I am polyamorous. I have these many partners. This is how much time I have. If you're going to fit in that time, fine. But if you're not sure about the poly thing, let me know when you are or if you are. But I don't have time to waste. Mm. And it's I wish I had that kind of discipline. I mean, it, it could be kind of harsh. And, well, you know what? Here's the thing. If I'm like, you, what that mouth do? Let's <laughs> <laughs> Like that's, <laughs> you know what? I'm I like wish. you can probably try, right? Yeah. And well, that's, see, I'm but so then that's like where shit gets gets so so confusing too. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh my god, I just thought that you like you said you were going through a phase. Yeah. You thought you were you thought you were going to be the first person to try to fuck me out of poly. Like yeah. you thought that that you you thought that you had the golden snatch, if you will. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they Ooh, just the knew. Golden they snatch. just knew if they put it down on you well enough, you were going to give up that whole poly Ten thing. Points and, for you Gryffindor. Know. No. 
Yeah, if they put it down so on you funny. good enough, you know, you're going to give up that whole poly thing because you know what? This is the mouth. I'm going to give you the BJ that's going to turn right. you mono. Okay. And it's like, you know, but I mean, again, we laugh about it, but that's the same thing as telling a lesbian, you know what? You just haven't had the right dick. Right. You it know really is. I mean, yeah. if it's an orientation, it's the exact same thing. And, you know, we would look at that and say that's extremely insensitive and, and insulting and, and whatnot. And it's the same thing. You're not going to change what my orientation is. I know that I have the capability and possibility of loving and being in love with multiple people and doing so well. You know, even if I work at it, I'm not saying that it's easy. It's, no matter it's how work. good that blowjob is. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate it. Great head. Still not mono. Right. Nice day. You know. <laughs> you want to try again later? I know what that mouth do, yeah. but it yeah. doesn't do this. It's you not going to. And it's, you know, and I don't want to be the person that's going to start throwing out there's a carrot. Maybe if you select me well enough, I will. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lead with that. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to lead with, nope, I'm straight up poly. I've got these two partners. They also blow me too. And they're very freaking good at it, but they're not trying to make me mono. So, so that's know, even better. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Gosh, that's had, terrible. I've had no. I'm glad we went there. Um, <laughs> I've had partners where I I love them enough to take like a little bit of a break, you know, just mm. like so that we don't like when we're fighting, yeah. which I think is something that some poly people struggle with is like, oh, maybe while we're having this huge argument, let's protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but that always seems to be like super super temporary. And I think right. that dudes come into a relationship like, well, why don't we be monogamous right now from the get-go when you hardly know me or what I'm about? Right. And let's see if we can just... And it's like, well, then you won't you won't get to know me or love me because I'm poly and I'm not doing any poly things right now. You know? Right. Yeah. So it's very frustrating. Um, uh, but we kind of got off subject. It's okay. It happens. Uh, we do that. No, it's good. Yeah, it's a good thing to hear for everybody. Um, we didn't get off subject. We wouldn't have heard the phrase golden snatch. That's true. So I think that's a win right there. <laughs> that is I, a win. Personally. <laughs> Story snitch, a, snatch. I mean, made hey, my you day. know, yeah. um, Harry Potter. I've did this, I'm doing this for you guys in the poly community. <laughs> more than po- them poly words to look up. Look up some Harry Potter stuff now. Hey, Ravenclaw here. Represent. Oh, okay. I see. I see. I see. It's your sword and hat. Pufflepuffs are excellent finders. <laughs> Um, of what? Never mind. So Please ask the next We're talking about the. It's more like the Muggle. Is that the Muggle series? This is terrible. That's, no, hey, That's see, it. I love using the word Muggles for non-poly people. That's pretty common, I do, actually. I do. I know. I do that at, at at the group, and it's funny because that becomes an issue for some people because they think it's insulting. But if you're aware of the Harry Potter universe, mm-hmm. Muggle is an insult. Muggles it just, it just means not right. us. And I actually heard it from people, ironically, in the kink and porn communities that they were saying Muggles are just folks that don't get it they're just you know they're right. not us it's not that like as opposed to vanilla yeah it's not, it's not like a, a, a slur or anything it's just they're not us and so but it's funny because it became a debate actually Johnny Walker and I had this debate oh, one time Johnny, about, Johnny Walker I miss him so much yeah, oh, yeah he's, he's good up, folks Johnny? we had this yeah, debate one time because he was saying you know like if people perceive it as a negative or a slur or an insult maybe we shouldn't use it I'm like but it's not I mean if I say hey nice hair and you don't like your hair and you consider that an insult should I just never say that so it's this debate about whether you know I can understand if someone takes it as an insult, but it's not intended that way. I still use it. If I know someone isn't comfortable being called a muggle because they want to get their feelings hurt about something, let's be honest. You guys are comedians. If you try hard enough, you can be offended by anything, right? But see, that's that's where we're that's <laughs> where we're and that's what's so it's it's a gift and a curse of where we are right now, 2017 in America right now, just in the world. It's like if you get three or more people together, one of them create a blog. So now you have you have a platform to say that this is disrespectful to mm-hmm. us now. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like, um, like well, well, something in the poly. Could we got? I mean, it was actually in our community. Someone got in trouble because they were like, 
they had a word that would that reminded them of of um of the Native Americans. It was like poly or something. Oh, some, Polynesian. Yeah, there is. There's been a huge like. <laughs> I wish I, I man, oh, I should have done more research on it. Yeah, I, I'm just, I just remember hearing it. I didn't Maybe even we'll say anything. I was like, it. oh my god, like this is. So if you get enough people, three people together, now you're giving them a blog. So now that blog gets more hits than the people who actually cared about it. So mm-hmm. now you have a have a platform to be like, no, this is disrespecting me, and we need to completely stop this. And it's like, but 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 then it's like, well, oh my, I don't know. But it's like, how many words mean other things? Right, right. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, and I just, I think that, you know. Muggle, I'm so privileged. I'm sorry. I didn't know I'm that not, Muggle. It's just so crazy about me saying this. I'm like, I'm not privileged, but like, I, I am. But I'm not. But I'm like, oh god, I'm sorry. Now it's, it's taking a whole different turn. I'm sorry. Guys. We have clean water right here. So, yeah, um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, t- I didn't know that Muggle ever had any. Ne- I didn't know anyone was ever offended by that. I've I didn't. Been kind of I didn't out. either until someone said they found it offensive, and mm-hmm. it. But I think anytime you try to, or anytime you exclude someone from something, mm-hmm. it makes them feel uncomfortable, and it brings up personal stuff for them. Right. Um. But well, if they're being excluded from something they are literally not a part of and don't want to be, yeah. Then I have trouble understanding how they could be defensive or upset about something like yeah. that they don't identify as being, you know, labeled as. Exactly. It's like I said, if you try hard enough, you can be offended by anything. I mean, you know, if you're not non-monogamous or not poly, nobody's mad at you, mm-hmm. you know. But for me, saying muggle is easier than saying non-monogamous person or monogamous person, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's or monogamous people. And that that's all it is. I don't think it's a negative thing. People so have we thought say, that I'm negative about it before. Here's the thing, guys. You guys know what mono is? How you can catch mono? Yeah. So you'd rather be called that than a cute little muggle? I, you know, like I said, people have a right to decide what does and doesn't defend them, you know, or uh, offend them. But uh, I mean, I don't understand. Like anyway, the intention I think is what's important. And for me, it's just a word. It's just Mm -hmm. you know, this is a muggle that gets it. Or sometimes I talk about the muggle world and things like that because it's Mm -hmm. just easier to say. But I think it's cute and funny. Yeah. Right. I I just like the fact that it's a pop culture reference. Like I like being able to drop that and be like, some one of my favorite half muggles. Like, come on, everybody loves Hermione. Are we kidding? (laughs) Who are we kidding here? You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Whatever. There you go. I mean, a half muggle would probably be someone that cheats, right? Oh, that's cute. Oh, my goodness. You ever heard of a monopoly relationship, the monopoly relationships? Oh, yeah, monopoly. Yeah. So maybe mm-hmm. a half muggle came out of that. I don't know because I don't know. Whatever. We could go so far with this. Right. I'm not even. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. speaking, I would like to touch. I don't know if you want to talk about this, but there's been some drama in the community lately. Do you want to drop some knowledge about that? <laughs> drop you, some knowledge? Or do you want to like delve into it at all? I'll tell you what. Tell me what you're talking about specifically, and we'll see if I can. <laughs> I can cause, I yeah. drop too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What it looks I, like, I have an attorney maybe listening to this. No, I'm kidding. But go ahead. Go ahead. I looked. I, I kind of, I've been in and out lately. I was in the hospital for a while, mm. and you know, I was doing a lot of show stuff and you know, right. um, dead dad car stuff. So the point is, I've been offline a lot, mm-hmm. um, and but I just noticed um, a white person making a Facebook post about how black people in the community must feel. And that was the extent of my experience with it. And I was like, well, um, what do you really, that's what I saw. Okay. Uh, but that's all that I saw. And then Johnny Walker kind of touched on it while we were, you know, about Mm. to record, but I didn't really know what had happened. I'm really just curious. Uh, (laughs) I guess this one's to me, huh? Um, I mean, we don't have to talk. No, you know, it, it's how black people in the poly community must feel. Um, I don't know. I would just say ask them, you know, but the thing is, if you ask, kind of listen and I I can go into this and I'll go a little bit and I should preface preface this by saying I'm actually not particularly like mad or bitter about certain things because 
on the face of it, I, I'm going to assume positive intentions and understand people are trying to um, be more welcoming and open and whatnot. Um, I've had people come up to me when they found out that I was involved in the community, both as a facilitator for the discussion group and most recently um, as uh, a member of the board and now president of HPO, um, that you know, people have come up to me and said, hey, you know, it's good to see a person of color, a black person, you know, doing these things in the community because they said that it felt more inclusive to them. Um, and I, I guess I'm unique because this is where I sometimes get accused of not being black enough. For me, inclusivity is a funny topic because I'm just one of those people, like I said, I feel like I represent myself and myself only. Mm-hmm. So if I look at a group or an organization or something that, and, and I want to see myself represented, and I'm not there, then th- I'm not represented. So if I want to feel like I'm represented, I just show up. I go. I include myself. To me, the definition of, of exclusive is I want to participate, and they won't let me. Not there's not people like me over there, you know. Um, so it's there's a difference between I think I said this earlier, being inclusive and feeling like you're inclusive. Inclusive just means if somebody who is different wants to participate, they are free to do so, and there's nothing to stop them. There's no barrier to entry. But just because you look at a gathering of your organization or group and don't see enough of blank there, whatever enough means, acting like that somehow signals exclusivity is a bit of a reach to me. And for a couple of reasons. I mean, do the numbers. Black people in America, if we're just talking about black people, are somewhere between 10 to 12% of their population. Population of non-monogamy, last I checked, or poly people is 5%. And I would say a very small percentage of them are actually out. So if you're talking about a cross-section of poly people and how many of them are black, I mean, active black people in the poly community that people like regularly see and are visible, I think is me. Mm-hmm. And that I mean, no in offense, but yeah, oh no, 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 by and, all means, you know, and it's like I mean, I mean, because, no, 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 I'm being serious. Yeah, I don't, because you know, I don't really go. Yeah, because yeah, you don't, because you know, you don't necessarily participate. But what's ironic is it's acting like you know, well, somehow they're staying away because we're doing something to them. <laughs> I would see as kind of an insult because I mean, you know, if. I'm a natural introvert, and I wanted to be a part of something. Now, it took me a while because I moved slowly. I showed up, didn't say much, and then I started showing up more and started saying more, and lo and behold, people figured out I have a brain, and now I'm a facilitator of a discussion group and you know, part of some other organizations and whatnot. So um, for me, the inclus- I never felt excluded. Mm-hmm. I just realized I wasn't there, and if I want to participate in something, I participate. But if I went to participate and they said, oh, this isn't for you, that to me sounds like exclusion. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, there's no people like you here. So uh, the movement to try and make it so that more people feel welcome, you don't know that they necessarily feel unwelcome, unless they're flat out saying that to you. And if that's the case, then I would say, you know, if they come to you and say, listen, we don't feel like we're welcome there, you know, and I would tell them, direct them to me. I'll tell them, look, just come on, show up. No one's going to keep you out. And if they do, and I have something to, to do about it and influence it, let me know. Mm-hmm. You know, but I never experienced anything that was like that. And this could be because, like I said, I grew up in a, in the suburbs, and so I never had that experience of these are my people over here. I was mm-hmm. always the outsider or the one that looked a little different. So maybe I'm more comfortable with it, and I realize that could be sort of a privilege on my part. But I don't, I don't think that there's this somehow ingrained, you know, under the surface sort of unspoken rule that those people aren't in there. Furthermore, and Spike, you might be able to speak to this too, 
the black community has a tendency to not want to be a part of those things anyway. I happen to know there's an active group of black and poly people in Houston who want nothing to do with the quote unquote poly community as it is. Mm -hmm. Like don't want to get near it. Like I know for a fact these people get together, meet, and want to stay to themselves, which is something a lot of people I don't think realize too. The black community has a tendency to be somewhat xenophobic. We want to stick with us because this is where we feel safe for whatever reasons. They have every right to do that. Mm -hmm. But you go to the one person of color or a black person in the group and go up to them and say, hey, hi, we're glad you're here. How do we get more of you to show up? Mm -hmm. See, if that's me and you do that, I stand up and walk the fuck out the door. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be othered anymore just because I showed up. I think that that's one of the things that people don't realize about oppression is asking an individual to represent whatever it is that you see mm, about them, right. that is a form of oppression. Yeah. Um, because it adds, it adds pressure to them. It identifies them in a way that you, ha that they haven't consented to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that when people try, especially now in an age where we're trying to like, Oh, you know, like everything is equal. Making everything equal does not mean taking the things that you don't think are equal right. and then forcing them against their will to represent. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Which it, it's, it, but it's a difficult thing because I think that people have this sort of like they want to be inclusive, um, but they really don't ask. You know, they don't ask about what that would look like. Right. You yeah. Know? I mean, and it, like I said, if there are individuals that are saying that, then that's one thing that they don't feel like they're included. And it's like, you know, I would say, you know, reach out to me if it makes you feel better because I am a person of color in the community. Mm -hmm. If you want to feel more included, come with me. You know, I will make sure or, you know, I will take you and make sure that nobody's excluding you if that's what you need. You know, but I would just say show up. I've never had that sort of experience. And again, if it does and it happens, you know, I, I've had more experience of people saying, coming up to me and trying to ask me, why more of them don't participate, but yeah. I don't see that. I've seen more white people complaining about less black people than yeah. black people complaining yeah. about not feeling welcome. And the thing you meant to mentioned about consent, you know, of the representation, I didn't consent to representing that group and that group didn't consent to me representing them. And I think both parties have the right yeah. to say that I wasn't appointed by a vote of anybody that I know of. I don't know. Tell me Spike, I might've missed some of the meetings. <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't appointed by anybody to represent all black poly people. I just show up and I'm the more, most vocal of the black poly people in the Houston area, you mm -hmm. know, but that doesn't mean I speak for all of them. I wouldn't dare to do so. I can speak for myself and I can say for me, if I want to include myself, I include myself. Mm -hmm. If there are those out there that feel like they're not included, well, Kate, Again, point them to me. I will either bring them to the things that I go to or show them where the black and poly group is and let them, you know, do whatever they want. Yeah, but let I would, them choose. I would facilitate them participating however they want to participate rather than, you know, sitting there asking them, how can we make you participate better in our group? Because that, to me, sounds almost like you're trying to be self-serving without knowing it. Mm -hmm. And so my question would be then, what is your motivation? What are you trying to get out of this? Are you trying to be inclusive or do you want to appear to be inclusive? You know, do you want to be open to people participating in your group or do you want to feel like you're open to participating, uh, people participating in your group? That's an excellent discernment. Yeah. It's I mean, like, it, do you actually really want right. that or is it just yeah. a, you want to feel self-righteous? Exactly. Is it inclusive or do you need to feel better about something? And so you want to be able to show our membership has this many black people. See how inclusive we are? Or yeah. is it just anybody who wants to participate can? And it, it's a distinction that I don't think people are aware of. And when, mm -hmm. I, and when they do that, and don't realize they're making that distinction to some of us, particularly the ones of us who are involved, it's kind of an insult. We don't have enough black people. Hello, big black guy right here. In I'm the room. not enough for you. Yeah. <laughs> what do I got to do? Multiply myself? I mean, seriously. So, yeah. you know, and again, I'm trying not to be too insulted by any of this, but it kind of happens. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, what about you, Spike? Have you ever experienced any interaction with the, you're so busy. You're always like, 
comedy stuff. Yeah, I do a lot of I do a lot of mics, but I guess what's cool with doing um, with doing a lot of stuff around Houston, the poly community especially, um, they do a lot of stuff. Well, the Houston because he's right. There is the Houston poly community, and then there's like the black Houston poly community. Um, but I'm speaking more from their perspective because, like Zach, I did go. I did live in a lot of um, a lot of um, sub suburbs, like you know, in the suburbs as well. But um, I went to school in private school pretty much my whole life. But uh, you know, there was parts of my life where I did like live in the hood. But I, you know, bust over to private school. Um, and uh, and then what I've seen actually in Houston is um, like for instance on Monday if you go up to PJs it's gonna be funny like listening to this way later in life like what's a PJs but anyways <laughs> your Monday you you go to PJs like right next door to PJs is is um is um Cecil's. 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 Yeah. so like Cecil's they have on that very Monday um, they have the Poly Group as well so it's a lot of people and it's funny it's like especially around comics comics know but it's like wow you guys feel so like it like they're out in the open you can they're not they're not out here like you know poly only section you can't come over here you know like you're like the mean girls in high school no they're out there but people rather like kind of congregate amongst themselves who you know they have the strength in their numbers that they don't know anything so they're like oh look at them over there i wonder what they're doing wonder what they're talking about why don't you go ask you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's very, they are open, but the weird thing about, about Houston and Texas in general, which we, we, we try to ignore, you know, and it's hard for me to ignore being that I came from outside, now I'm inside, so I see it a lot better where there are people, like, let's say, are you, have you born and raised here? No. Okay. I grew up in Houston, but I wasn't born and raised here. Okay, so you grew up most of your time in Houston. Yeah. I've only been out here about five years, and okay. a, lot of, a lot of my adult life. So I'm coming from a situation of people who genuinely like have like this they want to make you quote unquote feel welcome but there's like this underlying uh, it's kind of weird whereas yo there's a lot of stuff that's still brewing out here in the in the south you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so with that's that that's an excellent thing to touch on so actually. so so it's, it's so it's kind of difficult where you have like for instance poly just that in general where people like like Zach was saying earlier now we're in this movement like poly is not new but the but the outward thing is a new movement so now you have people who are a part of this movement and they kind of get thrown in with okay um now you have the you know the 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 gays the um the you know um, the, the trans, gays no no you know for real the, you know gay people trans uh, yeah. trans movement you have all you know the um the queer movement everything is kind of being grouped in together because now these people who once didn't really feel like they had a voice now they have a voice and a platform that's why you have a lot of like you know the poly group doing a lot of things with um you know with with you know the trans community or with the or with the you know the queer community and they're so welcoming to that community so there's and it's sad because there isn't very even though even though we all have a lot of the same struggles there isn't a lot of inter, intersectionalism mm-hmm. there we we want it to be but there isn't and it just so happens that a lot of the black community doesn't feel like that like okay, when you talk about um, gay issues, a lot of times nine times out of ten, when you talk about great gay gay people, like if you watch How to Get Away with Murder, it's like yes, it's like strong black women, but who are the gay characters on the on the show? Gay characters on the show are Caucasian males. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So a lot of times when you think about all these outward movements, you think about Caucasian, Caucasian, Caucasian. So they just don't feel like even though. You, 
these people want to reach out to you know people of color, you know, um, you know Hispanics. They want to reach out to you know to 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 all these people and tell them, hey, come into our group. On a big enough scale, we don't feel like we are included in these conversations. And I'm only really talking from the because I mean, like like he said, I, I'm I'm sitting up here with the um with the Sons of Anarchy T-shirt on, so I'm like I'm I'm, pro- I'm pro- I didn't even notice that. I'm, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You you're super white. You didn't even notice it. I'm sitting <laughs> at a white table. This is I'm I'm my pants are super tight. I'm really white right now. But I, I hey but guys, I, I, I would like to sides. I would like to point out that uh, he just called me super white, super white, which yeah. means I'm white with a cape. <laughs> That's, I love it. And I, I have to wear a cape all the time. So, oh, uh, so sorry to interrupt, but what no, you're no, no, saying no, no. Is I'm just, I, I'm, you see I'm kind of both t- sides t- of I, it. I, yes, I see. I see, and it's almost like playing devil's advocate. And that's why mm-hmm. I don't go to a lot of meetings on, on either side because I'm in both groups, mm-hmm. you know. But I really, first of all, I'm, I'm doing a lot of comedy. But then there's, there's so much. I don't have the time. I and we talked about this on the last on the last podcast. I don't really even have time to date me being poly is more or less so that you can get out and get those things that you need if you feel like you need them because i'm gonna be at work and then why when i get off work i do comedy so more me being poly is because i'm just tired of people feeling like they had to lie like that that mm-hmm. so i'm a little bit different when i come to poly uh-huh. but like going to a lot of these meetings i have time for a lot of the drama like i don't i just don't mm-hmm. you know so but i could see both sides whether they can see what's happening i can see what's happening i can see that you know until from things, like the, the yeah, bird's eye view right sort of. more like you know the, the the google the google map view i can see <laughs> what's happening there on earth and it's like because i'm so is now right i'm so high no that's funny but i'm, I'm so high up is shit right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm, I'm over so here being, over here trying to like dance around it's like no you are you are definitely on the burning bush you were smoking the devil's lettuce that's what you were definitely there it was satan's 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 salad no but um <laughs> but 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 i can see what's happening and until things change on 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 the um on the surface level that has nothing to even do with you know the poly community itself it has to do with what's brewing here in this state right now mm-hmm. until things can be changed on that we're not going to have a lot of you know so do you think in the south together. there's already a layer of social segregation oh, and so that just bleeds over into the poly stuff? Oh, dude, yeah. absolutely. What you if you want to see it, you want to see it personally, we not we don't live far from it. Go Sneak over me into a black No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I have one even better for you. So no, you don't even live far from this, Britt. Uh-huh. Go over to um to U of H, all right? Stand on U of H, look across right across the street. Mm-hmm. It goes U of H fence street poverty. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's your city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything that and it's funny. I've only been here about six years, but it's crazy. I am watching racism. I'm watching it being built. All right when I got to, I went to TSU, and it's funny because I went to TSU, and the website looked more like U of H. I got there, I was like, oh my god, this is this is crazy. <laughs> so, but I was like, wait, no, I was like, was like, somewhere, like I was right over the right <laughs> over the rainbow. I was, I saw it. I saw it. I was like. I was like, this is happening. I'm like, okay, you got Popeyes right here. There's a lot of lot of like violence. And then right across the street, I'm like, U of H is playing is playing like top notch football. What was happening was you I'm I'm jumping all over. But anyways, the point I'm making is you can see it right here in the city. And so when they started this like talk about the crime and the part of Third Ward, they didn't work on where the crime really was. They worked on where the crime was bleeding over into. So that's why you mm. had things like the um the light rail coming out. So now when you have the light rail 
well, you have more guards over there. You have more police over there. You have them fixing up the stadium. Now you have more yeah, police stations. Yeah, I saw stations. a cop you have- on Cullen and Polk for the first time the entire time I've lived <laughs> in Edo. And that has nothing to do with the problem. That, and that's not even like, it's not even all black people over there. It's all kind of, it's all kind of cultures over, over in these neighborhoods. But... Mm-hmm. You of age represents something very different. I think that has that right there is like, in my opinion, great symbolism to the um, the the Houston poly community versus the Houston black poly community, and mm-hmm. they see that this is what they see on a daily basis. I came in from I'm from the outside, so I can always leave. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I was in class where people were like surprised that they have folks from the north side of Houston and the south side of Houston because north side people, I had to, I, had to, I forgot I was in Miss, I almost thought crazy. North side <laughs> people don't mess with south side people. And I'm sitting there like, world. Yeah. what? Yeah. Like, what? And so that breeds here. Mm-hmm. That mindset was able to grow and 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 become educated so now they have things that can know I, I know what i'm saying is right because this happened in the 60s and 70s so now you have smart people who had that ingrained yeah. in them there's a reason why zach sounds the way he does and he even says it <laughs> like he was that outcast i was more or less that outcast but my parents were from the South. So even mm. though I went to school, uh, private school, my parents were always in my ear, even though I didn't hear it. It wasn't until I moved out here and I saw it breeded. I saw these people, like people legit think like this. Like, like they think there's a fence in between their poly community and the Houston poly community. They think there's like, there's like a literal fence that they are getting pushed over. And then you have the people in, in the Houston poly community who are like those folks who are like, Oh my God, they're, they're, they're black people who are being, who are being treated wrong. You know, we got to go march with them. There are pictures where we have white people marching. There's like, so the, they're like, those are like those white people in, in the Houston poly community. Like, Hey, we can all be together guys. Let's, let's, you know, let's <laughs> come together. Let's, let's sing Kuwaiya. And the other people are like, you really don't want us there because they don't, they can't see that these people really, do want them to be together but you know i don't know that's an interesting you know uh sort of metaphor that that, you know we're talking about u of h and tsu because i went to u of h and one of the (laughs) and well one of the things that u of h that we used to do and it's probably changed a little bit now since they put in the the light rail on the stadium there is that frenchy's chicken that was right there on Mm -hmm. the it was uh, what good what is it it's on a not Cullen. it it was on scott it was on on willer Uh, right right there there. yeah we used to go over there and get something to eat and would bump into tsu students because it was right there in close, and we would chat and whatnot and but you know the thing you mentioned about there not really being a fence there are some people or that they're being a fence there are some people that are comfortable with that fence and you've probably seen it spike there are some people in the black community like i said earlier that just don't want to be a a part of you know which is why it's interesting to realize that you may hear some people of color that say, yeah, it feels like your community is not inclusive of us. There are some that like, don't care because they don't want to be a part of that. Right. And I have seen that a lot. And it, what's funny is you get these folks that are well-meaning that don't understand and they feel like somehow they're doing something wrong if there are people of color that don't want to participate. And what I'm saying is they have a right to feel that way. That's what I was And trying yes. to drag them out of that shell is not only – not a good idea. It's pretty much unfair and somewhat insulting. You know, they're allowed to be in their comfort zone. Right. You know, wow. um, and, and that's what and I was, yeah. That's really, because pr- I'm super white. And yeah. Again, that is something really unique that I never would have thought of is that the learned segregation that, you know, that invisible fence, it's like from both, you know, from both sides and it may not be the worst case scenario. Right. Like, and both sides, like it's not oppressive to black people for them to be on that side of the fence if that's where they feel safe. That's why I say the key for inclusion is to let it be there. Right. And if people want to cross the line, they, can't. they will. 
You don't, don't stop them. Force that. But you don't sit there and yell at them from the other side and say, hey, come with us. And it's like, that's a little... Because yeah. you never yeah. know. You might not even be ready for that dialogue. And that's another thing that I've been seeing. There's some oh, people... Yeah. Cause it, th- those roots are deep. deep. So yeah. you oh, have yeah. people who are like... Like that, and that's why I say it's that bird eye view. Like I, I have that conversation with both sides because I can see both sides because I am black. But at the same time, I did not grow up the same black experience. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so I, I. But now that I'm here, like he said, if I get pulled over and we're all three of us in the car, we getting drug out the same. They don't care about where he went to school, where I went to school. They don't care. Yeah. And he look. They don't he, ask. Hey, are you? Did you grow right, up in the suburbs? Right. My okay, GPA right. right. He, they nothing. don't care that yeah. he he looked more like Drake and I look like Wesley Snipes. They don't care. We we both on the <laughs> side. They, you know they're trying to figure out like they're like okay if you're not driving if, you, if you aren't driving if you aren't an uber driver <laughs> driving this young lady where she needs to go then they and it is so it is what it so is when so when we go to lunch after this do you I, want me to sit in the back is yeah because that that basically i'm gonna drive miss daisy this is I'm, I'm trying to get somewhere safe that's what i'm saying wesley snipe seriously well, i'm yeah i'm more wesley <laughs> I, i'm not gonna lie it's more akonish it's a con. Okay, it's earlier you're not a con. Now you're a con. No, I'm talking about color. I'm talking about how the police when they when the police no, yeah. <laughs> as I beat on this white table. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, but um, if, if but that's <laughs> the point I'm making is like it's ingrained. And a lot of times people like for instance, if in the in the regular poly community are like, hey, come over, we want to just include you. Whereas now you're forcing that that dialogue as to now the black community are like, okay. Why haven't you guys included us before? Well, yes, we have. Well, no, you haven't. Well, and then so so now it's like these people who are well-meaning, and both sides are really well-meaning, but it's like they're just doing it to try to you know bring people together as other people. Now we want to have that dialogue because it was just us before. We were just talking amongst ourselves, but now you forced this 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 dialogue. So now we're gonna have it with you now. Yeah, and we- that's another thing is, do you really want to hold these? these polyamorous white people accountable for all of the things, you know what I mean? Like to have yeah. that race and segregation conversation. Right. And, that's, and you know, like I feel like that conversation isn't exclusively polyamorous. Right. And so when they ask oh, no. for inclusivity yeah. for, you know, for people of color, what they're doing is they're kind of opening up that dialogue. That's way bigger than polyamory right. and them not being prepared for that is a little insulting as well. You know, yeah. to say like this I, can just be fixed if we say, Hey, and make you a quesadilla or something. See, like, you know? I can point okay. out sort of a, a, a parallel uh, and it's a long story but I want to get too into it basically um, yeah, I don't have a lot of time yeah I'm, I'm a, a, a mason uh, in the state of Texas a Prince Hall Mason and Prince oh, Hall Masons are traditionally ooh let's talk uh, more about that later <laughs> no, we're trying to get mm-mm. Prince Hall Masons are traditionally uh, African American and then there's quote unquote mainstream Masons and, and th- th- there's been a fight for a long time there's been a lot of segregation throughout the south where they recently sort of came to an agreement between the two sides that they could actually meet and it started slowly with just a compact of we're not going to sue each other anymore and then it became we can start meeting and what happened is I have talked to both sides and there is mistrust on both sides and people don't get that I think a lot of times people who are white or rather not people of color don't understand just because you decide to be inclusive and want to actively work that way doesn't mean folks on the other side want to include themselves with you right. and so it's one of those things where and I've flat out heard black men and, and, and people say, listen, I don't trust them. I don't know what they want. They're going to come and destroy our group. We don't want to be a part of that. They've got too much drama, or rather their drama is in our drama. They don't Social understand. Social gentrification? There's, yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's basically, you know, no, we have our thing. We like having our thing. Leave our thing the fuck alone. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's, I mean, that actually happens. And so it, it's, uh, and it's the same thing with U of HTSU. I mean, they're right next to each other. I mean, across the street, we've eaten at the same restaurants, and yet they're still very, very different. You know, so yeah, I mean, it, there's it's a lot the of history. And that's the thing. A lot oh, of times, yeah. people don't want to know their history because they're okay being on this island like this. They're like, okay, yeah, well, you can come on the island with us, but we don't want to hear about how the island used to be a part mm-hmm. of the, of the mainland. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, people don't want to sit here and hear about what the Moors met oh no that's a whole nother situation no. <laughs> like people people like they're okay with being like no this this was my organization uh, this but wait do you know where the skull and bones came from do you know mm. where they're, they're, there's so many things and it's like once you dive into that information it's like oh wow that that hurts you know yeah. like it's, it's so people don't i don't know man it's it's it, it makes it easier just saying hey this is my island. These people won't let me on, onto their island. Right. They don't want me on their island. And it's easier for the other side to be like, well, we keep asking them, but they won't come. You probably didn't directly go to them and ask them, just like the other people mm-hmm. didn't directly hear that they couldn't be over there. But it's, it makes it easier. And that's what I'm just, especially if we're just talking about the South, because this would be a different uh, dialogue if we were in California. But if since this, if this is the South, that has been ingrained on such a different level that mm-hmm. it just bleeds out into other things. Yeah. That's true, yeah. The way that we would behave culturally in any other situation, in our polyamorous experience, we behave that same way. Oh, that's really good. So much stuff. So much good stuff. I really wanted, we don't have a lot of time, I wanted to kind of get into um, some obstacles that uh, black people might feel to identifying as polyamorous. I think we touched on one of them, which was um, that... It, there's a little oppression on the female side. Like a guy is okay with having a lot of partners, but if their woman does, then it's a little less. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's experienced a lot from what I hear um, in the Hispanic and Latina community as well, mm-hmm. because they have a lot of that kind of male dominance thing, yep. um, which is a grander conversation about the construct of masculinity. And what it, <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you look at race. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah and machismo, that, yeah, machismo is a bitch mm-hmm. and it's hard and it's to get over. Super concentrated. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, so do you guys want to touch on that a little? We don't have a lot of time, and I don't uh, want to like minimize it. We could do a whole episode right, on right, masculinity. I'll let, I'll, let, I'll let him because he sounds like yeah. Uh, so machismo. I mean, it's toxic. It's I mean, it, for to use a hot button word, it's toxic masculinity, and there's a lot of that in communities of color uh, for various reasons. One of the other obstacles that I think that sometimes is builds on that the machismo thing that people don't realize is the black community for the most part is very heavily influenced by evangelical Christianity. I was about to say, woo! So it's, it's, yeah, it's, See, it's very, I mean, you know, and yeah, the, you, you can run a bunch of black He's people and it. say, yeah. I, I, I knew he was going to touch it. If <laughs> yeah. you talked about the, the church, I was like, all right, yeah, there we go. exactly. You there can run go. a bunch of black people and you say the church, everyone knows what you're saying. There you go. And so, <laughs> you know, and there are folks that are getting preached at, some of them every freaking Sunday, by these preachers. And, and what I think that a lot of people don't always understand from outside the black community is where the community itself may be very socially and maybe even fiscally somewhat um, liberal spiritually it is not it, it is, is very very conservative very it, conservative it almost more conservative than, than white yeah and, it, and, and the, which means there's a whole lot more hypocrisy because they'll talk a lot about the nuclear family and quote unquote the marriage bed only being holy and, and mm. all this other stuff and they'll read things in the bible about thinking about your brother's wife and all this other stuff so us being men black men who are poly we are completely rejecting that 
on its face. Mm-hmm. You know, we're rejecting that. We're rejecting machismo. We're rejecting this quote unquote pimp, pimp culture where we somehow gain points by how many women we can dupe into doing whatever we want them to mm-hmm. and whatnot. Whereas I have a a a, a girlfriend, um, you know, who's my life partner. I love very much, and she has other partners. And somehow that's supposed to be a knock on my manhood. And how can you let you know? How can you share your toys? But well, from the religious perspective, yeah, yeah. And from the religious perspective, it is so foreign and so far out there. And I think so. That's another thing. Whenever people who are white people are asking for there to be more in, uh, of sort of participation from the black community, they don't realize you are asking people who are already othered in their community uh, to further go outside of themselves and further by participating to go openly. be othered in that yeah. community. <laughs> and yet, so, so because to participate in that community, you have to be othered and more outward, out, outwardly othered. I've seen people who have been very, very poly or kinky, whatever. Um, who are so six days a week, and then they go to church with their families on Sundays. I still yes. take my elderly mom to church when I, no, I sit there and don't say anything, you mm-hmm. know. And she kind of has an idea; she's not stupid. But it, it's the, the church is a very, very powerful influence, and I don't think people realize that. That's another thing that folks don't understand: is atheism is a very strong movement or anti-religion or whatever in communities that aren't communities of color mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's science and whatnot. And, and it's, it's I got no problem with that. That's a cool movement, but it is a much harder cultural thing to completely reject that. You know, I mean, I, I still know people my age who just became preachers like last month. And so to somehow, you know, just throw all of that out with the religion and just say, no, just come be poly. Just atheism is the only way to go. It, it's a very big cultural thing to kind of overcome. But I'll say this, though, like, because um, you, you knocked on a, on a lot of topics, but even deeper that people don't even recognize that I'm starting to see in just the black community in general. It's not that the idea of poly kind of goes against religion it's the idea that you are okay because with your poly it's not just you are out there it's the idea of your woman being out there too Mm -hmm. and that's what's deeper because if you look at the bible yes a lot of times people say okay there's a reason why there are very 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 few um um strong women characters in the bible but you can name me a slew of strong male characters, all right? You will never see a situation of a woman in the Bible having multiple husbands, but you can point out a whole bunch of men with multiple husbands. So even if... Even multiple wives. No, multiple wives, excuse me. Oh, yeah, definitely not in the, not in the Bible. <laughs> you remember all those husbands. gay marriages hey, in the well, Bible? Yeah. Well, that was some... It, it, oh, that's neither here nor there. Sodom and Gomorrah got really, got real nasty. But yeah. no, but, but no, there was, there's a lot of men who have multiple wives. And so even if it's not being on the... Po- they're not on the pulpit preaching the idea of a man having multiple wives it's accepted that a man can have multiple situations excuse me and the woman can't have any of that mm-hmm. woman it just became recent that we started seeing more women on the pulpit and that's it's crazy especially mm-hmm. you not very rare it's very rare and yeah. even in the in the black community that's stuff that's not even talked about because that's deeply ingrained in that book that they like to hold up so high mm-hmm. yeah. and he, what's even deeper than that is that book was held over you during slavery that's what i love about 12 years of slave because it finally touched on the idea of a, of a of a slave master using the bible to keep his people to keep his slaves in line mm-hmm. and so now those people took that word and they figured out how to get themselves out of a out of a bad situation that's why you have a lot of a lot of old old um slave tunes are just basically like like uh, old christian um um, uh, hymns if you will you see Mm -hmm. what i'm saying so 
there's a reason why like Dr. King decided that he was going to use Christianity to get people out versus he was more Malcolm X and Malcolm X people won't talk about that. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why now they the FBI left let out a whole bunch of whole bunch of files that showed that he had multiple wives and he probably not wives, he had multiple mm-hmm. partners and he might have had syphilis. People don't talk about that in the black community. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's like no, he was under that blanket which is all the which sex is oppression all the gender oppression yeah. and all the yeah and yeah, the black community the is notoriously not particularly sex positive there's a lot of sex right but, but sex positive in so far as the it. culture where we talk about it and whatnot it's still considered a deviance you know i mean and it's and and deviant behavior was up to and including homosexuality even recently that's why you know I mean, that's still. I mean, it's trans women of color are in so much danger, particularly in the South, because of that, because of the right. evangelical Christianity and the fact that it's a toxic culture that is not particularly sex positive to any sort of quote unquote outside of the norm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and, and it's all that comes from the influence of the church. What I really liked you saying is like to to say yes to polyamory is to throw all of it out. You know what I mean? To say, and with the way that religion helps you connect with your family mm-hmm. and the way that religion is so. Like it helps you connect with the community, especially if you already feel like you're not a part of it. Right. Like to to say like, oh well, you know, you could just be an atheist. Like you don't have to. And to say yeah. that is to say, well, then all of this cultural history that's connected to my race then has to be invalidated, and you yeah. have this internal struggle that I feel like people aren't ready to recognize yeah. because we have kind of turned away from religion mm-hmm. in such a way that where it's almost as if we kind of. Like as you know, like a millennial generation, or right, like if yeah. you're religious, you're stupid. You know. It, well, it, you know what's funny because that's exactly what happened. It, people are very flippantly kind of turned it over, and it's easy to say, well, because science is the only way to go. You know, anybody that you know, well, prayer is just stupid. Mm-hmm. You can say that, but it's for you. It may be easy to just sort of turn your back on things like that. Mm-hmm. I come from a long line of people who were, you know, my grandfather's my last living uh, uh, grandparent is a deeply involved, you know, religious person. He's also a good guy. I mean, he's not a bad human being, you know, but to somehow say that something that has sustained him throughout his 80 plus years of life is completely stupid and just, I mean, I cannot agree with it without having to completely rip it apart and tear yeah. it down. Which seems to be what's happening. Yeah. It's an oppression it be- of religion. Yeah, because it's now the thing to be where, you know, atheism is the only, and, and, and we don't understand it's a new form of oppression. And, and, and you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, the great Angela Davis once said that, you know, change or reform is just another word for a new form of oppression. Um, mm. And, you know, and so realizing that I don't have a problem with mindsets changing, but understanding that, you know, we didn't get there by accident. And so, yeah, religion has been a bad thing or can be have viewed to have been a bad thing in, in its past, but there's still people who are very strongly culturally connected to it. And to completely set it on fire and drop it out the window like it's no big deal mm-hmm. is it's easier. It's also another way to segregate is, the communities, yeah, too. It's easier for some than others, and it's a huge privilege to just be able to say, ah, fuck it. I'll also it. say this, though. I feel like it was easier for the white community to, to come out when it comes to things like poly or things like, you know. Oh, fuck uh, yeah. <laughs> the reason though because while yes things are highly in, in, ingrained in um in in christian um in the you know christian beliefs we have a jesus that look that you got that white people look more like you mm. see what i'm saying mm-hmm. and and there as far as what the typical image of jesus is yeah. maybe your church no, I'm no, kidding. no, 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 no. I went to a I, revival. I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't see Jesus with the with the Jericho at a few <laughs> churches here in the South. That's cool. I've seen Black Jesus. I, I could have looked like, could have played a pickup game of basketball. That's fine. There is a big, but you beautiful right. picture of but Black Jesus but in my mother's house. I'm, I'm not kidding. Oh, no, 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 no. I believe it. Yeah. But the, Will yeah, you put but, a picture of that on the Polywana podcast wall, please? Probably not. <laughs> but, but I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it, it's, it's. I think 
more black people are, are have been growing more to the the black image of Jesus. First of all, because it's, it's more accurate, it's right. more accurate, but historically, but, but, but yeah. historically accurate. But it, but another thing is because it's you start getting more power from that little by little, whereas. White people had a long time of having of having the blonde hair Jesus. So now they're like, you know what? We can come out and do this. Right. You know, because we are powerful. So I think with that being said, we're it's not gonna there's only so long that you could try to keep the um keep the sun from shining. You you just can't. Yeah. You're it's gonna eliminate the sun is gonna eliminate darkness. So at some point we are gonna get to a point where black people are just gonna wake up and be like, you know what? Hey, we're powerful too. We can we can we can be what it is we wanna be. Because they have all these pastors who are up there you know preaching against homosexuality and then come to find out they had all kind all, you know it was all oh, kind yeah. of stuff with ultimates yeah. you know and like and that's that's becoming a big thing why because we have that sexual oppression in our community and it's getting to the point where things that in the dark will be pulled into light so all these things are coming out so that because there is this new movement people are yearning for that knowledge you have i have people who hit me up on a very personal level after watching a lot of the videos i do and be like you know I've I've never seen a real and as they put it a real person being polyamorous. First of all, I've never even seen a black person be polyamorous, let alone a person mm-hmm. that I, I would have never expected to even be that. Mm-hmm. Like I would have never expected you of all people talking about me to be polyamorous. Like and you you sound so level headed. You don't seem like someone <laughs> who has you know girls in their basement or whatever. Like like how does this work on a Speak normal? Speak for yourself. I mean, if I had a basement, I've been, no. right? But- I, I wish I had a basement, <laughs> and I wish I had hot ladies in it. But I be that easy. Yeah, right? You know what? Yeah. I have the change. I just don't have the basement of the yeah. woman. That's all I'm waiting. I mean, on. if, there, if but, there are women out there listening to this that want to be in a basement, means, hey, you know, I, I you know I've got a couple. Spice closets. Miller yeah. on 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 Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's gonna go Spike Lee, me, then then, then Spike TV, and or, or a whole bunch of white people. Unless it's Black History Month, and I might jump to the top. But the point is, it's you're out thing. there. It's a kink. Some people like basement stuff. I, 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 I'm here for it. Yeah, but, but yes, yeah, so hit me up when we do the kink conversation later, because yeah, I yeah. got all types of things. Anyway, well, that's a good sorry. that's a good conversation about representation versus inclusivity, which I feel like is something that people kind of miss. I think that right. white people are like, we want to include, but I think really what's important is just being able visibility for polyamory as a whole. Yeah. I think is important. And then it opens up to no matter what race you are, like it's, we're not excluding you. you Right. Right. And you are welcome to represent to your comfort level. Exactly. What it means for you and for your race and for your culture. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I, I think that's so great that someone reached out to you and let you know that and to like validate that because I know there is so, there's so much on the other side of that. Even for me as a, you know, a little white girl where it's, this is Super probably white. the easiest way I could be poly. Super white. Yeah. Super white. We're a t-shirt and like a glow in the dark cape and, <laughs> yeah. and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And you know. I just, I know how difficult it is for me and I can only imagine the kind of, you know, backlash that it is for other people that don't have it that easy to have people say like, I'm so glad that you represented that. It's just uh. like, oh, like. It just makes yeah. me feel so yummy that there are people out there that are doing it. So thank you, and that are and doing it in the community, yeah. and that are seeing it and being yeah. able to be inspired by it. Real yeah. quick, it's like Zach said, and it's true. Uh, there's so many people out there, especially people of color, who do practice polyamory on some level. It's mm-hmm. just that they can't even be open enough to even say that they do. Mm-hmm. Like I've had people hit me up on a one-on-one level, and I didn't even know it was a thing until you gave it a word. But um, but she was like, I'm. I'm monogamous, but my husband's polyamorous, yep. and I am okay with our with our um, with our arrangement because that's just who he is as a person. 
he or his parents don't know no one knows our kids don't know you know i make he like he takes care of his stuff in a whole different city a whole different town and it's just crazy that like i can even talk to you about this mm. because it's like this has been we've been married almost 20 years and this is just right. how it's been and yeah. i've never even been able to talk to people who are polyamorous like she's like i'm not new to that idea in fact i'm really behind it so i can only imagine the amount of people where there's a movement happening just like people are coming there's a movement of people coming out there's a movement of people you know just embracing who they are and now it takes time from embracing who you are to being able to embrace coming out what you might deal with on the outwards you know um, you know being at work or whatever with their family a lot of people aren't ready for that so they don't even talk about it they just rather talk down on it because if you talk down on it people don't expect that you are of it you know mm-hmm. so yeah like that kind of the way that it kind of touches on the pastor thing too like if i make fun of this and i insult it and i preach against it no one will suspect that i do it and that i'm tempted by it the hypocrisy is strong yeah yeah Yeah, because it helps you protect yourself from that shame absolutely um which is unfortunate that people have to be ashamed about it but yeah i mean but i mean it happens you know people lose jobs and families and friends over this stuff and that's another thing is being not even necessarily out, but just being active and proactive about being poly itself, in and of itself, is a privilege that not a lot of people have. Right. Um, and that's the other thing. Some people don't want to be active in the community, mainly for that reason. Let's so, get you know. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> We're in a hurry to go somewhere, so yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we could do probably seven more episodes on this. We and, could. Uh, and it was really nice to have you guys, and hopefully we'll have you back again. Sure. Um, Thank you so much to our listeners. Uh, it's a long episode, um, and I appreciate you guys listening. I'm sure that it, I'll get a lot of emails. If you want to ask any questions, we'll probably do another episode about this. Um, you can email polywanapodcast at gmail.com, and we will totally uh, read and answer your questions. Um, so I really do encourage that, especially for stuff like this where I have to bring someone else in to answer them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, please email us. And about anything else, if you have an episode that you want us to do or you want to be interviewed on the podcast, just drop me a line. Um, and thank you so much to the Houston Polyamorous Organization, HoustonPoly.org. And then um, thank you so much, Spike Miller. Thank you. Thank um, you, Britt. Hey, I don't know when Zach, this is thank gonna... you. This was awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. I enjoyed this stuff. Yeah, this is good. This yeah, is good thank stuff. you so much, Zach. Um, do you, I don't know when this is going to air, uh-huh. uh, but you can go like Spike Miller on Facebook probably yeah, 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 and yeah, see when he's earlier. doing shows. <laughs> Spike, um, yeah, Spike Miller on Facebook. Um, fa- on um, Instagram, it's um, Spike Miller Show. All one word on Twitter is Spike Miller, all one word, underscore. So, yeah, it's a whole lot of Spike, but mm-hmm. no And Spike's drinks. really funny, and he does a lot of funny jokes. Spike stuff. is funny. I enjoy Spike stuff. Uh, I appreciate it. And then yeah. you can find Zach's. Uh, you contribute to the HoustonPoly.org, right? Uh, yeah, I'm uh-huh. president of the board of HoustonPoly.org. So, so he's um, for real, guys. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm there at HoustonPoly.org. You can find me. Uh, I'm the only Zach uh, facilitator at the discussion group on Mondays at the Montrose Center. Um, and my Twitter is at black underscore sex geek. Mm. So, yeah. That's how so. you know it's for real. Right? <laughs> <laughs> at yes. black. I was old. At black underscore. Yeah, yeah. The underscore is what makes it official. That's it the is. Thing. I haven't gotten a little blue check mark yet, but the underscore, that that's the real shit. Like you said that in like <laughs> New Times Roman bold. Like <laughs> that was like a size, like that was, if it's normal, it's size 12. That was definitely like a size 18 font. Like I'm you gotta more type of a Cambria 26 kind of guy. guy but right <laughs> 
I'm yeah. sorry, I just do. You, 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 you just mic dropped. <laughs> like, I don't even know what I'm talking right now. And if you want to go, if you could please leave us a review, that would help um, some visibility. Like us um, on Facebook, probably want a podcast on Facebook. Uh, and I'm always sharing just content. So if you want to read and see and click more about Polly besides just listening to us talk about it. By the way, Britt, you're pretty damn funny, too. I've enjoyed both your Facebook and yeah. your your Instagram. Thank you, you so much. You do some much. hilarious shit, too, and you do great <laughs> stuff here with the, with this podcast. So Thanks. I appreciate you as both a Polly person and yeah. as uh, part of the board for HPO. Thanks. Super white. Yeah. I forget. <laughs> Super white. Yeah, da, da, da. I forget that sounds that like I, a new tattoo. Right? Like, yeah. that's going to be like a Get thing. A, like, right there on your right cheek. Super white. S-U-P-A. <laughs> yeah, super. <laughs> super white. Uh, bring the 90s back. I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> So I sometimes great. forget that I'm a comedian. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, I do funny living, yeah. stuff. Yeah. I write for a show called The Probably a Show Show. It's a sketch show. Uh-huh. It's kind of like Saturday Night Live for uh-huh. Houston. And it's every last Saturday of the month at Rec Room. Okay. Um, so I should probably plug that because I do have this show with a bunch of listeners. And so right, <laughs> if you yeah. guys want to see what, what it's like um, to not hear me talk about Polly, you can go check out my comedy stuff. Um, so go to Polly Wanna Podcast at Facebook and, and check out the stuff that's going on. My name's Britt Bosichek. Good luck spelling it. Um, uh, <laughs> and thank you to the Mockingbird Network um, Mockingbird. for hosting us. Um, so I'll see you guys later. Bye. I love you. All right, bye. Later. Mocking Bird Network.